I am so excited. I woke up this morning at five o'clock sharp. Excited for what God has for us today. Amen. All the guys seem to get a kick out of how I wake up in the morning. I wake up really hyper. My wife, matter of fact, my wife hates when I wake up in the morning because I'm more of a morning person. I wake up like this. I'm going to show you. I just wake up like this. I wake up like another day. Score. Like I wake up so excited. I hop out of bed. I go and do my morning business. If you know what I mean. Amen. I just take, she was glad to have me home last night though. Friday night, all the women on Facebook, I miss my hubby. It was one night. Come on. I can't sleep. What's that about? But I had a great time and I'm so glad that you guys came out. But let's pray. I really have something spectacular for you guys today. We're starting a new series entitled Redefining Normal. Amen. Come on, I want to pray with you. Just bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you just for your goodness and for waking us up this morning. We thank you for the men who have been mandated by you this weekend, God, and commissioned to go forth and to do what you called us to do. But Father, as we go forward in this moment with our wonderful wives here and some of them still being single, bless God. We thank you, Lord, and we ask that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody shout amen. I want to start by asking you a simple question. I want to ask you a simple question, and I want you to keep on asking yourself this question over the next couple of weeks. Am I normal? Am I, very simple question, am I normal? Don't answer that question out loud, but just, am I normal? I'll go further to ask you, what is normal? In today's day and age, our ideas of normal are skewed and contorted. Many times, society's normal, in God's eyes, is extremity. What society dictates as normal is no longer normal. As a matter of fact, I brought some pictures. Can I show you guys some pictures? I brought some pictures to show you. Are you ready back there, Jonathan? I brought some pictures to show you what I think is not normal once he's ready. Somebody's, I need your help because I'm losing my voice today. I need you to say this with me. That's not normal. I got you to say it louder than that because John's not going to put the picture up if you don't say it loud. Say, that's not normal. That is ghetto. That's not normal. That's ingenious, but that's not normal. I want you to shout it out. That's not normal. Oh, man. Come on, John. Hit me with another one. Let's just, that's not normal. I hope that laughter is not guilt. I hope that's laughter because you would never do something ratchet like that. Somebody shouted out, that's not normal. That's not normal. Just fix the toilet. You're going to cut a door around a toilet. So there's a hole while you're trying to go to the bathroom. There's like a hole. Somebody, Are you in there? Shout it out. Come on. That's not normal. That's that is a hillbilly right there. That is not needless to say. Let me just say this: I, I might do that for fun one day on a hot summer day. Everybody's like, "Man, your light just went off." I can do that. 
But that's not normal. Shout it out. That's not normal. That's ghetto. Get your car fixed. Although ingenious, it might work for a day or so. That's not normal. But these are the things that people do. Tell Jonathan that's not normal. Shout it out. Now this disturbs me. Girl, that is a crib with wheels. You need to go to your local Goodwill and get yourself a nice stroller. I mean, I understand doing what you got to do, but somebody shout it out. That's not normal. Shout it out. Now, this is a Dominican shower. Just to all my Dominicans, I'm just kidding. I'm not racist. I'm just prejudiced. I'm just kidding. I'm not either. But that's not how you heat water. You have to get a water heater. Although it's funny, it's ingenious, it's not normal. Tell Jonathan, that's not normal. This is not my idea of a good GPS. Shout it out for me one more time. That's not normal. Now this is ingenious. You're missing your blinker. It's a poodle pill bottle. That's redefining usage for Tupperware right there. The things that people do that is just not normal. Come on, hit me again, Jonathan. What you got? We got more back there. That's not normal. That's, that's that West Virginia stuff right there. That is not normal. Come on, John. We got any more back there? LeBron James hairline. It goes back every year. That's not normal. At that, the bottom is this 2016 projected hairline. What else you got back there, Jonathan? That right there. Two guys on a dirt bike with an oven. If you're listening by way of our podcast, you are missing some pictures here that are just, that's not normal. Is there any more back there, John? What you got back there? Oh, that's not normal. That's hotel ratchet right there. That's, that picture is actually from the mandate that we, I'm just kidding. That wasn't us, but that's not normal. That's not how you heat stuff up. Come on, Jonathan. What else you got back there? This guy, that's just, that's a world star, right? That's just not normal. This is not things that we should define as normal, but yet people constantly do foolish stuff. What else you got? I know you got some more back there. This right here just kills me. That's a custom HID kit right there. Absolutely out of this world, not normal. What you got, John? You got one more back there? This right here threw me for a loop. Some of y'all saying, oh, because you thought to yourself, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Who needs a toaster? Who needs a stove when you got a coffee maker to boil? I don't even think you can get that hot. I just want to throw it out there. Maybe that's just a warming tray. What else you got back there, John? A flip-flop gun holster. For all my gun enthusiasts in the church, you don't want to do that. Glocks, don't do that back there. Vinny, don't do that. I don't want to see you at church with your gun and, and, and it. No, don't do it. Come on, what else you got back there? This is my favorite right here. I, I'm not going to lie. When I saw this picture, I said to myself, that would be awesome. And everyone here just thought that same thing, didn't you? That would be cool. Is there any more? I don't think there is, but is that it, John? If it's it, that's it. That's it. Somebody said, that's not normal. Amen. You ready for this series? That's just not normal. You want me to tell you what else is not normal? Divorce. 
but society says it's normal. To God, it's not normal. Teen pregnancy, that's not normal. In today's day and age, we accept anything, it's normal. Rather than teach values, we teach sex education. Rather than teach celibacy, we hand out rubbers in the school. Somebody say, mm-hmm. You know what's not normal? I'm about to walk up somebody's street right now. Premarital sex is not normal. Although rampant in the world, that is not normal. Sex has lost its value and become something of self. By today's standards, it's normal. But that's not normal to God by scripture. And I came to ask someone today, are you measuring the norm of your life by scripture or by the society's way of doing things? <laughs> you know what's not normal? Credit card debt is not normal. Credit card debt is not normal. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about taking credit out. It's not normal. It's actually against scripture. Although it's normal in today's society, it is not normal. You know what's not normal? You know what's really not normal? Infidelity. Cheating in marriage. That's not normal. Addictions to pornography. That's not normal. Normal today is skewed. Normal today isn't normal anymore. You know what's really not normal? Saying that we have committed our lives to God, yet giving God no place in our lives. Putting God as the head of our life, but we act like Christians with our Godhead cut off. Because there's no connection between God as the head of our life and the actions of our life. It's so sad when Christians supposedly live for God, but yet our lives never change. And as you're in church longer, it gets progressively worse. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's not normal. My scripture for you today is Matthew in the 16th chapter, verse 24. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking about his crucifixion. And it says this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? As Jesus speaks to his disciples, he himself has been telling them of his upcoming impending crucifixion and all that he will endure. And in the previous verse that I did not read, Peter looks to Jesus and says, Jesus, you're not going to die. I'll never allow you to die. Peter says, hey, listen, Jesus, while I'm here, you're not going to die. Jesus rebukes him. In response to Peter's words, Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And he who saves his life will lose it. That sounds confusing. If I save my life, I lose my life. If I lose my life, I save my life. If I lose my life, I save my life. What is life? At the end of the day, when I, when I, God forbid, I have to do one of your funerals or somebody does my funeral, what they're going to talk about in my life is all that I have done and all the choices that I have made. 
whether I was a good man or a bad man, whether I made good choices or bad choices, someone is going to be at my funeral eulogizing me based on the choices that I made in my life. Are you with me today? Life is about choices. The sum total of your life is choice. And so when Jesus says, lay down, I have a secret. When he says, lay down your life, John 15, greater love has no man that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus went to die so that you wouldn't have to. I want to tell you something. Jesus and God does not want you to die for him. Although some people are martyred, his plan is for you to live for him. Are you with me today? His plan is not for you to die for him, but to live for him. And so he says, if you lose your life, you save your life. But if you save your life, you lose your life. What is Jesus saying that if I lose my life? In other words, if my life, at the sum total of my life, at the end of my life, everything I have done is based on my choices. Think about this. What do you remember disciples for in the Bible? For the choices they made. Peter, we remember him for denying Jesus because of the choice he made. Thomas, we remember him for doubting Jesus after his resurrection. You remember people for the choices and the actions they made. When Jesus says that you would lay down your life, or he says if you would lose your life, what he's saying is if you would abandon your ability to make choices. That might not settle in yet because some of you are not interested in God making choices in your life. What you desire is more important, and how you feel is more important, and what you desire is more important and what you want to do is more important but Jesus says what good is it if you gain the whole world by doing your life the way you want and lose your soul because when we choose ourselves our own path we lose our souls are you with me today although Jesus died for you he's asking you to live for him this is an invitation to live, not to die. We look at saying, well, how do I give my life to God? How do I save or lose my life? What do I do? By following God's plan for your life. What is God's plan? If you don't know God's specific plan, read his word for the general plan that God has for you. You know what's really not normal? Christians who serve God and don't obey him. That's not normal. Oh, yeah, it's not normal. That we serve this big, huge God. We sing songs to him on Sundays. We're so excited about everything he's done in our lives. And yet we don't obey him yet. We don't listen to the unction of the Holy Spirit. And yet we hate people. And yet we dislike people. And yet we gossip. And yet we sleep around. And yet we're sinning. And yet we talk about grace as if it's a shower to clean ourselves. And you don't obey God. Grace is an invitation to obey God's word. I wish you understand that life... Is about choices. And what God's asking the believer to do is abandon your ability to choose. Our God wants all of you. Our God is an all-consuming God. The Bible says in an all-consuming fire. God don't just want you on Sundays. God doesn't want a partiality of your life. He wants all of your life, even the hurt. Even the pain God wants. God wants the hate you have for others. He says, if you would give me your burdens, take my burden, it's much lighter. You don't have to hate nobody. You don't have to dislike people. God says, I can take care of that for you. I can take care of that for you. Jesus said, greater love, John 15, 15, has no man than he would lay down his life for his friends. The Bible also says that you are friends of God. 
the invitation of Christ is not to have a great life and everything. The invitation of Christ at the basis of everything is for you to allow God to choose for you. You're a friend of God and while we may have heard that before and maybe it doesn't really impact us the way it should. Being a friend of God means that if we are to display the greatest love for God, which involves laying down our will, our desire, our choices. It is not normal for you as a believer to live in sin the entire existence of your Christianity. If there is no maturity coming up in you, there is a problem. If there's no growth in your spirit, every healthy thing grows. If you are struggling with the same sin you walked into this church with, I'm coming up your street right now to let you know that you are outside of God's will. And maybe you're here on Sunday, but yet all throughout the week, choices are being made that are keeping you from God's plan for your life. Maybe you wouldn't ask God as much, what's wrong with myself? Why is my life not the way I want it to be? Maybe you would have the husband you want, the wife you need. Maybe you would have the stuff that you would want and need if you would follow God's choices for your life and stop putting your hands in the way. As a songwriter, Jason Upton said, he said, it's hard for God to work with my hands in the way. It's hard for God to work if I always have a plan. If I'm always going out searching, how can God bring me a woman? Bring me a man. How can God bring me what I need in my financial life if I can't run my life by God's choices for my finances? If I can't do what God desires, but yet I am a Christian, yet I go to church, and yet I have all types of issues with people. I am a Christian, I serve God, I still gossip though, I still have all types of issues, and there's no choice to mature after God. There's no choice to go after God's heart. Laying down our right to choose, it's not easy. It's difficult. I know firsthand laying down my life to choose for God's plan. In this walk as a pastor, I've lost my right to choose. I can't choose who I love or who I care about. I have to love all. I have to care about all. I have to receive all. I have to forgive all. I've come to a place in my Christian walk. Sincerely, I don't have the choice to hate you. I was talking to some friends the other day and we were talking about that. As a leader in the church, I don't have the right to have a bad feeling towards you or anybody. I don't have the right to have negative vibe towards anybody. I'm a follower of Christ. And he said to love. I'll preach to you, Cheryl. Thank you. God desires for you to forgive, for you to love. For you to be blessed. For you to have a good, godly life. I'm really trying to drive this home. I don't have the right to hold a grudge. I gave that choice up to the point where someone who's really hurt me will call. And I've had some people, listen, in this walk, folks will come in. Folks will go out. It's like water off my back. I thank God for what he's brought me. I thank God for the time I spent with folks. But I can sow into somebody 10 years and they'll walk out my life. And it's just like that. That's the way church goes sometimes. I don't have a choice to hate people for abandoning me. I don't have a choice. I don't have that ability in me. All I can do is be like, man, I love you. God bless you. When they come back, hug them and say, hey, it's so good to see you. I'm not going to say, where you been? Hmm. Now your life's a mess. Told you. That's not, that's not, listen, that's not the pastor who God made me to be. I want to be a shepherd after his heart. 
Because the book of Isaiah declares that shepherds who are not after God's heart, he will strike their flock and people will scatter in the end. I don't want to raise up a bunch of abused lambs. I want to raise up people who know God's heart, who are able to be uh, uh, just examples of what God desires of your life. I want you to really think about this. Is your life normal according to scripture? You are a friend of God. Is your life normal? Are you hating people or harboring ill feelings towards people when you as a Christian don't have the right? We were in my small group one day at my city link. Mine's is the best, of course. And, and we were there. Amen. We had, we had like 16 adults at my city link this, uh, this past week. 16 and like, and like Tanya and AJ bought 44 kids in one car. And, um, and we were there a couple of weeks ago. And there's this girl from one of our sister churches, uh, Greater Bridgeport Church. And uh, Pastor Mike Hawkins and this girl named Laura Young. And she's the girl that she dances at the gathering of the tribes. She was the one just dancing out there. And we asked her why she dances. And she goes, Jesus asked me to dance with him. So I danced with him. She used to come to our prayer nights. And she'd just be dancing all over the place. Just dancing. Just, just dancing. And one day she said in our link, and something that really just stuck to my heart, resonated, she said this, and it really touched my heart. And I want to I speak this over you guys, honestly, with all my heart. Because the problem is that many Christians, she said this, we were talking about gossiping, we were talking about people who've hurt you. And she said, how can you put up a wall designed to keep people made in the image of God out and expect to get God in? She said, when you put up a wall... To keep the people who are in the image of God out, the actual image can't get in either. I realized that she put it into the perfect context, but I realized this years ago that as a, as, a, as a pastor, I don't have the right. Folks will call me who have done stab me in the back, hurt me, and they'll act like nothing happened, and so will I. You ever had that person? That dude, he just called me like, we cool. <laughs> well, I was cool with him. Call me up. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? We just shoot the breeze. And you know what? I showed him the love of Christ. Because as a pastor, I don't have the choice to hate these people. I don't have the choice to be hurt by people. My pastor, Pastor Philip, the one who was here last week with his British accent, he says, you know, being offended is a choice. You choose it. You choose it. But as a pastor, I've lost the right. To live my life my way. Normal Christianity should be that as followers of Christ, we actually do what Christ did. We actually love like Christ did and forgive like Christ did. For even as he was being crucified, folks driving nails in his hands, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But many times we get hurt and we, and we get into a situation maybe with somebody in your life and, and you'll harbor that for years or maybe you're making other choices outside of God's will. Maybe you're still addicted to things that God don't want you doing. Maybe you just still don't seek God the way you should seek God, but yet we're Christians after God's heart but don't have God's heart in our sights. A laid down lifestyle is what it's called. Laying down my will. Laying down my choice. Not every Sunday do I want to be here. Not every Sunday do I want to serve God. Not every Monday am I happy about God. But I've laid down my choice. And so I follow after him with all of my heart. Because he desires me. He cried out to his father, dad, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
In today's day and age, it's normal not to forgive and to harbor hurt. It's normal to be a gossip. It's normal to have all types of sins. It's normal, but maybe we don't realize the life of Christ is the standard of Christianity. The, Christ, the life of Christ is the prerequisite for Christianity. You can't call yourself a believer not living like Christ. God desires that you would live a laid down life. I know that may be hard to fathom for some of us because immediately we're thinking of maybe a million things you would have to change in your life or a ton of stuff. But it looks like a laid down life is the only way that God wants us to live. Living a laid down life puts God's heart before yours. And so things that break your heart that God doesn't care about because he already forgave the person, you should care about what breaks God's heart. When it came time for Jesus to die, he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, if you can, pass this cup for me, but not my will, your will. Some of you think that's so noble. It was not just noble. It was an example of what you should do. Should I go to church or should I go to this? Should I read my Bible or should I watch the show? Not my will, your will, God. Should I pray or should I just go to bed? Not my will, your will, God. Seeking God will rarely present itself at an opportunistic time. Seeking God rarely ever presents itself at a time you want. But yet, not my will, your will. We all believe God has a plan for our lives, but often we still live as we desire and choose our, I believe God has a plan for me. Man, brother, I believe God had a destiny, a plan for me, but yet we live how we desire What foolishness is this that we believe in a higher plan but live a low life? What good is it we believe in a higher call but yet all we beckon to is the call of temptation and sinful desires? We still talk the way we want to talk. We still act the way we want to act. Go out the way we want to go out. We act in ways that don't honor him. We live our lives. We work at our jobs in ways that don't honor him. We run our businesses in ways that don't honor God and yet we wonder, we wonder why. And Jesus says, if you would just live a laid down life, a life where I am the choice you make, a life where I am what you desire, a life where what you desire takes the backstage. You know, when God's wills first, you take the backstage. You let him see, see when God's wills first, you understand this life is not about you. It's so funny that I find it really funny. It's like a rat race. As, as people, we live our lives trying to accomplish so much. And, hey, I'm all about accomplishments. I love, I'm a highly motivated person. I like doing things. I like building stuff. I like getting stuff done. I love coming here on Sunday mornings and doing all this stuff. I was telling some folks this week, if I could just be a sound guy, I'd be happy to be a sound I don't need to be a pastor. I love doing this kind of stuff. But I have to surrender my will to God. I need to make sure the show's about God. You are just a blip on the radar of humanity. You are a blip in the radar of humanity. I heard, a, I heard it put like this. Imagine, imagine that you were an extra in a movie. An extra in a movie. Maybe, maybe Lord of the Rings and you told all your friends, oh my God, I'm starring in this movie. I am in, Megan, I am in Lord of the Rings. 
part three, return of the king. I, oh my God, you got to come see this movie. And all your family comes out and all your friends come out and you've got like 50 people at one theater, 20 at another. And they're all telling their friends like, oh my God, Pastor Lewis is in this movie. It's going to be great. And then, and then there's a fight scene at the end and the guy runs across the street. There I am. There I am. There, saw me, saw me, saw me. It's funny. And that's how we are. Thinking this life is all about us. Wanting people to see us, accept us, look at us. But this life's about Jesus. This life's about God. This life's about God's desire for your life. This existence that we have is solely based on what God has for you. Are you living a laid down life? Are you surrendering to God? Have you given God everything? When you see people free from oppression, free from all these things, free from unforgiveness. I'm free from unforgiveness. It's a great feeling. I, I say that with all my heart, not to brag. I'm free from unforgiveness. I love, I genuinely have a deep love for people. How many of you believe that God's will is for you to forgive? Amen? At some point, you have to realize that your belief has to graduate into behavior. How many of you believe that God wants you to live a pure life? At what point does belief enter into behavior? How many of you believe that God desires to communicate with you through prayer? Nobody wants to say amen. I don't know about that, Pastor. (laughs) Belief has to turn into behavior. Reading God's word. Belief turned into behavior. Helping the poor. Belief has to turn into behavior. Speaking life into others. Belief has to turn into behavior. A laid down life graduates into behavior. Don't spend your life waiting on God to make a move. He's waiting for you to make a choice. A real choice to live that laid down life. A life where you deny yourself the right to speak bad. Or or deny yourself the right to live a life outside of God's will. God desires a laid down life. A laid down life is where he is first. And how he feels matters first. What good is it to have a king that we don't serve? When will beliefs transform into behavior when we choose to lay down the right of choice? He said, if you would lose your life, lose your own ability to choose, you'll save your life. Because then I, God, will show you in my word the proper choices to make. And when I show you the proper choices to make, it'll lead you into success. Maybe some of that sounds tough, as you guys might know. And definitely, it's not usual or normal. Maybe me talking about praying is not normal for you. Or reading your word is not normal. Maybe you volunteering at the Bridgeport Rescue Mission. Or the Prospect House is not normal for you. But yet Jesus said that what you would do for the least of my brothers. You are doing it unto me. It's normal according to scripture. Maybe your life's too busy and you don't have time. And you don't got this and your family this. And I get all that. But yet the Bible still says truth unapplied is still truth. Driving by the hurting, the broken, the wayward, the homeless. We don't have the right to do it because we're followers of Jesus Christ. I don't have the right to abandon God's desires. Mediocre Christianity is not the norm. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I find life not in my choices. Let me tell you something. Louis Burgos has got himself into a lot of messes. 
Louis Burgos has done a lot of damage in his own life. I wish I had an honest church that would say, you know what? I made a lot of stupid choices in my life that got me into a lot of stupid trouble. How many are willing to admit, I, 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 got, I, made, some, <laughs> I made some choices that I shouldn't have made that got me into places I shouldn't have been facing situations that I shouldn't face. But yet God's choice, God's choice might lead you into a storm, but he always leads a way out. God's will might lead you to some trouble, but yet God still has a way out. Following God's will, when I laid down my life, God picks it up. When I lay down my choice, God gives me his. When I lay down my will, I find his will. When I lay down my negativity, I find his positive energy that flows through me. Joy, unspeakable. I woke up today at five in the morning for the last couple of weeks. I've been waking up at five just like another day. Excited about God, excited about life because I've laid down my life for his will and he's given me his instead. His word makes choices that are in line with my life and I run my life by the measuring stick of the word of God. God's made choices for us in his word. Here's the heart of living a laid down life. Here's the crux of the matter. A laid down life is characterized by choosing God's reaction in adverse situations rather than choosing what you would normally do. When a problem arises and you usually act in a way that's outside of God's will, when problems arise, it is the opportunity for the believer to be like Christ. It is the opportunity of the believer to chase after God's heart. It is the opportunity of the believer to do God's will. And often we fail the test. A normal Christian life involves us as believers wholeheartedly following God's will, even in moments of difficulty and trial. The disciples followed him and changed the world by doing what he taught and what he did. I would challenge you that more times than not, our lives really reflect us surrendering to God. But yet this type of surrender that we are called to is what I refer to as entry-level Christianity. Maybe some of you are tired of hearing of what you might have to do for God. Maybe some of us are so obsessed with what God can do for us. Show me a deep-seated theory in the Bible of what God can do for me. The deepest thing I can show you as a pastor is how to seek God for your own life. How to read the word for your own revelation. How to seek God and receive from the Lord on your own. Having a life after God. 1 John 2.6 is one of those scriptures that can get you in trouble. 1 John 2.6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. If you claim to be a Christian, you must live as Jesus did. And although society says it's not normal, if it's not normal, I'd rather be retarded. I'd rather be looked at as crazy. But following God's will, I'd rather be looked at as just a nutcase, but following God's will. This is a different kind of life that we're called to live as a follower of Christ. My duty is to obey him and to model my life after him, not when it's convenient, but at every moment of my life. Christianity is not for the ones who love convenience. It's for the ones who are after God's will. Hard. Look at Jesus. Jesus all throughout scripture when he was questioned about what he was doing. What would he say? He would say, I'm only doing what my father's called me to do. 
I'm only doing what the Father. Jesus had submitted his life. I'm only doing what the Father desires of me. I'm not going to do what I want. Because if it was up to Jesus, he said, pass this cup for me. I don't want to die for these fools. Maybe he ain't say fools. That was just my 2013 version. But he's like, I don't want to die. Not my will. Your will. Not my will. Your will. First Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11.1, be imitators of Christ. Paul declares that as an imitator, we must imitate Jesus. I know it's not popular to allow God to shape and mold your life these days, but yet we have to mold our lives according to the word of God. The world says, be you. The Bible says, be Christ. The world says, just do it. The Bible says, do what Jesus would do. The world calls out for us to live free and be what we want. But the truth is that real freedom is surrendering in God. Real freedom is surrendering to God's will. Normal to the world is expressing yourself and doing what you want, when you want, and keeping it real no matter what. I'm just saying, right? We just do what we want, say how we want. But that's not normal according to the word of God. As a matter of fact, it says, let our words be few. My God, I wish you would realize that a life after Christ is not characterized by short tempers, filthy mouths, ruckus lifestyles, but yet it is characterized by what Jesus desires, love, peace, forbearance, gentleness, and a heart to do the will of the Father. Does your version of normal match up with Jesus? Maybe you're sitting here and you don't want to hear some of what I'm saying. It's probably because it goes against the grain of your life. And I would tell you that what you call normal is not normal. You make excuses for how far you are from God's desires. And we say stuff like, I'm not where I used to be. It doesn't mean you are where you need to be either. It means that you have to press harder, push further, and get deeper into God's presence. Maybe you not have everything you want in life, but you got what you need right now. And what you really need is to do God's will for your life. Life is too short. Life is so short. I often use the analogy that if I gave you a dollar for every hour you would live on this life, on average, you would not even be a millionaire. As a matter of fact, you would have to be over 100 years old to even break near a million dollars. Life is short. Life is precious. The world says, do what you want. The Bible says, do as God desires. My thought concerning complete surrender to God and living the normal Christian life is his followers. Is his followers, rather. When I surrender and lay down my life, as Jesus stated, lose my life by placing it in his hands and making decisions for God and choosing God's will over my life instead of mine own. When I do this, when I choose God's will, understand this. When I choose God's will for my, when I choose the way of Christ, when I choose the will of God, when I choose what God would desire, I fulfill the original intention of my creation. I fulfill the original intention. What does that mean? That when God desired to make me for a specific reason, when I walk his will, I fulfill that. I fulfill that. Back in the old building we had, we went 
and our computers and our sound booth, we went and, and got Mac. And what we failed to realize was that one of the programs we had for the, the visual program that holds up all the visuals, uh, what we failed to realize was that that program was not compatible with Mac. It was an inferior program, of course. And so we had to get another program that would allow you to run programs for programs that weren't for that computer, if that makes sense. And the program that we ran was called Crossover. And this program allowed us to run Easy Worship, but yet it had a bunch of bugs in it and a bunch of malfunctions. It had a bunch of things wrong with it. A lot of stuff you couldn't do. A lot of things that just limited you. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that when you live outside of God's purpose for your life, you are limited. You are limited. You are limited when you are doing things that are outside of God's desire for your life. What did God make you for? Did God make you to do what we're doing to live as we please? That's not why God made us. God made us for his glory. God made us for the joy that was set before him. God made us for his pleasure that we would follow after his heart. A laid down life is what Jesus required. He said, if you hold my teaching, you are my disciples then you would know the truth and the truth will set you free. A laid down life is a norm that Jesus required. I know maybe for years you've served God with your own perspective and still chasing things that you want or maybe just having feelings towards people opposite of God's will for your life. And I came to challenge you today to redefine what normal as a Christian is. To walk for Christ. What is normal? Normal is surrendering. Normal is loving all. Normal is forgiving all. Normal is doing what God desired, walking out a life of worship. Normal is being a light for Christ. Normal is fulfilling the works of the kingdom of God. That is normal. Seeing miracles, signs and wonders, that's normal. Seeing people get saved by the thousands, that's normal. What we see today in church, not normal. It's not what God desired. Seeing the sick heal was normal. Seeing God move was normal. Seeing miracles was normal because they lived a surrender life. Purposed after God. It's time you redefine normal in your Christian walk with God. When we decide to walk as Jesus desires, it releases us from the burden of lives. Walking for Jesus, the burden of unforgiveness comes off. Living a life of surrender, you might be angry now, but when you live a life of surrender, you, you have healing in your life. Living this laid down life and making normal what God desires empowers you to stand against what society says is normal. And, and, and if you're married today, your marriage will last if you're living for God. Your marriage will not fail. You will not be a statistic. It will prevail because the norm in Jesus Christ is freedom and success. Living a life that is laid down for God allows yourself to be molded by God's decisions for your life and releases God to use you in great ways. At this point, I have to, we have to realize that being radical for Jesus should be regular for us. It's time that being radical became regular. It's not time to fall away from God. It's time to run to him. It's time to seek him with all of your heart. We don't have to settle for less than God's best in your life. You don't have to uh, uh, settle for the things of this world. As I live my life in him, my passion flourishes for God. 
I love him more. I, I, I was woke up this morning. I woke up so daggone early. I went for a drive this morning, pulled out my house at six o'clock. I drove around my neighborhood just blaring Christian music and I couldn't stop smiling. And at some point at a stoplight, I said, man, God, I just love you so much. You've given me so much joy and I have no reason to be joyful. I have bleak situations all across the landscape of my life. I have horrible things all around me, but yet I woke up with unspeakable joy, full of glory because God is just doing a new thing in my life and I'm surrendered to him. And I, I was just at a stop sign. I must've looked like an idiot in my car. Just, <laughs> I'm just happy. I was bagging my, just like wagging my head like a dog with a tail. I was just loving God this morning. Because loving God is becoming the new normal for me with all of my heart. Man, with all of my heart. As I live for him, everything I go through becomes worth it. Because how can I accept the good from God and and not endure sufferings with Christ? By the world standards, normal is sometimes not awesome or great. It's average, medium. It's not an inspiring Yet the life of Jesus was normal and it was awe-inspiring. It was fantastic. It was great. Isn't that the life you desire to live? That's the life the early church lived, seeing God move in their lives. The disciples were bold and full of faith. Scriptures tell stories of great miracles and revivals that they saw. Our normal fails to bring even an ounce of God's spirit. Sometimes we pray over the sick for long times, but yet because the Majority of our life is not normal. God can't move in us. It's time to redefine your normal. My norm as a believer should bring change to the lives of others. Every day I wake up, I should be motivated to bring change, to be happy, to tell people about what God is doing in my life. As a follower of Christ, radical needs to become regular. What does that look like, pastor? It looks like you're being a prayer warrior It looks like you seeking God with all your heart. It looks like you're giving God your best. It looks like you're giving God everything that is worthy of. Because sometimes what we say God is worthy of, we don't even give him the bare minimum. What is normal for you? Is a normal day with you, does it consist of you forgetting about God? Because I would challenge you, church, that's not normal. What's God's real desire for us? Recently, many of you, you met one of my lifelong friends, Pastor P. How many of you enjoyed Pastor P last week? Amen. If you didn't, there's definitely something wrong with your spirit. And he's my spiritual father. So if you didn't like him, maybe you don't belong here. I'm just saying, that's the man right there. Pastor P is so awesome. Something about Pastor P, he's just always so positive. I saw him going through hell. I saw Pastor P going through some really bad things in life and yet... You can ask anyone who knows him, he's always got a smile on his face. Went through some of the toughest things life can throw at you. And I won't go into his story because it's not my business to tell his story. It's not my place, but yet he's a great man of God. One thing about Pastor P I love is, is the way he talks. <laughs> Last week he was here. It's just so awesome to see you guys. I'm so happy to be in Bridgeport, Connecticut with Pastor Philippa and his church. And he has this great British accent. And the thing about Pastor P's accent is when he speaks, it identifies where he's from. Kind of narrows it down. Maybe South Africa, Australia, England. One of the three places he can become from. To Pastor P, the way he talks is normal. To us, it's not normal. 
Where he's from, having a heavy British accent is normal. But where he comes to, it's not normal. You know what wouldn't be normal? It wouldn't be normal if one day I went to go meet Pastor P and he had a deep southern accent. He had a southern Louisiana drawl. And he says to me, I changed the way I talk to adapt to the people around me because everyone kept on looking at me like I wasn't normal. Then he would blend in and totally not stick out. And in my eyes, he would lose half the reason I loved him because of the way he talks. Something about the way I just listen more when people have an accent. Not Spanish accent, I listen less. It's just the English accents. Pastor P has been in America for close to 16, 17 years. And he's not lost his accent. 16 or 17 years, he's not been influenced by the people around him to lose his accent. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying, as followers of Christ, we shouldn't lose our accent. There should be something in the way you talk, in the way you live your life, in the way you act that says, I am different. I am of this world, in this world, but not of this world. I am different. The way you talk when you walk into a room should tell people, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. We don't care to be normal by man's standards. I don't care what you say is normal. I'm going to redefine normal for myself. And normal means living a laid down life. He said, if I would lose my life for him, I would save it. There's no choice that I could make that is better than what God would make for me. You can take that one home. We're not going to take an extra offering just for that one line. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> There's no choice that I could make in all of my life. That is better than what God has for me. Do you believe that in your life? And that's normal. To live a laid down life for God. If normal means. Lowering my morals to fit in. I'll be abnormal. If normal means to live outside the parameters. Of scripture. I'll be abnormal. If normal comes with the high price of low living. I'd rather not do it. And I'd rather be normal. According to Jesus Christ. If normal means shutting off. Christian light so I don't offend all the super sensitive people in today's society if normal means I can't say Christmas well I'm good I don't want to be normal if normal says that I have to take God out of my pledge of allegiance I don't want to be normal if normal says that I have to accept abortion I don't want to be normal if normal says I have to accept all the homosexual agenda I don't want to be normal I want to live by what the word of God says I want to make choices said and I would challenge you you are not normal according to scripture because what God said when God spoke it became law God I don't think we understand that we're headed to his house after this and I want to live a life that lets me in a laid down life come on stand with me I don't know about you but if being normal means to to sacrifice what I believe. If being normal means living a life outside of God's will, I don't want to be normal. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want to be normal. If normal means not serving God, I don't want to be normal. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not looking around at nobody. 
just focusing in on God and what you've been hearing. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some things in your life that probably according to Jesus just aren't normal. I don't think some of us realize that one day we're going to have to stand before the King of Kings to pay account for every decision we made. There's some people who just need to finally, once and for all, give it up to God. Maybe there's some things in your life you have to turn over. But I'm telling you today, I speak to every Christian in this place. You call yourself a believer. You don't have the right to choose outside of God's will. God, if he's number one in your life, your life should flow in unity with God. Your life should flow in unity with God. And oftentimes, it does not. Oftentimes, we act how we want and ask God to forgive us later. That's not normal. That's not normal by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know about you. I want to live a laid down life. A life after God's heart. I choose every day to pray. I choose every day to seek Him. I choose every day to chase after His heart. I choose every day to chase after His will. Come on. If that's you, I want you to join us right now. Lift your hands and say, I want to live a laid down life. A life that says, I want to be normal for Christ. I want to be radical. I want regular in my life to equal radical. I want to please God. I want to choose as God desires. I can't make my own choices and succeed. Come on, lift your hand. That's you. Come on. Hands are going up everywhere. Come on. I just want to choose God's will, God's way. And when I leave this place, I'm going to walk it out in my life. I'm going to choose it. I'm going to choose it. I'm choosing God. I'm choosing God. I'm choosing God. Come on, thank you. You're lifting your hand once and for all. Say, I'm done. Come on, I got some things in my life that don't please God. Maybe you've been saved one year, two years, five years, 30 years, and you still got stuff in your life, and you haven't grown out of it. It's time to move out of that nasty attitude. It's time to move out of your gossip. It's time to move out of your hurt, your pain. It's time to move out of your selfishness. It's time to move out of that selfish life. In all the wrong places. Come on. I want to put God first. That's what's going to change the city. People who are after God's heart, not people who are chasing their own lives. Come on. If you want to change the world, you got to change your world. If you want to change it, come on. Choose it, God. I want to be normal for Him. I want to be normal for God. I want to be normal for God. I want to be normal for what He desires. I want to be normal for what God desires. Come on, with your hands lifted. With your hands lifted right now. Because I want to be an extravagant lover and offering. Come on, just tell them. Sacrifice for thee. Tell them I find. Because I find in you. Passion and pleasure till I am consumed with the spirit of burning. Come on, here's your opportunity. Make this your prayer.